insensatos a la fin. Hipocrisito voy, en gratitud a tu voy. Nani a coquito sunga e coro, soquimo puto tenani mososo, mo puto se se seco. On the 12th day of October 1989, the wild ghost, the one and only legendary musician from So today we mark exactly 32 years since his demise. We continue to say that you are toil, rest in peace. We love you, but I hope the angels love you more than you. So, in this song, Franco calls upon the people of Zaire to register as voters and show their support for their candidate Mobutu Sese Kowazambanga. I want to borrow from Franco and encourage you if you are 18 years and above and you've not registered as a voter yet, it's now your time to take advantage of this window that has been opened by the IBC of enhanced voter registration to see to it that you are listed as one of those people who will be making those important decisions next year and beyond in electing the leaders of Kenya. This is an opportunity that we shouldn't let go just like that. This is the Pigeon Hall. I send you my greetings. My name is Odwar from Nairobi, Kenya. Episode 7 of the Pigeon Hall today looks at the different agenda that has been put forward by different politicians, especially those who've declared interest or shown interest running as president in the forthcoming general election. We've got Deputy President William Ruto, who has since said that uh, he's going to run. We've got Shubel Kigame, we've got Musaliam Davadi, and I think Gideon Moy. The others, like Raylo Dinga, have just made indication that they could run, but they've not said as much. But we know they will. So today, I want us moving forward to be looking at these aspirants one by one, hear what they've got to say, and the agenda, and how they are carrying the interests of the people, and why is it that some of the things they're saying are capturing the imaginations of Kenyans, and others are not capturing the imaginations of Kenyans. We know of the Hustler narrative by Dr. William Bruto and of course the United Democratic Alliance Party, UDA, which he ostensibly uh, leads. Never mind, he's still a deputy president under the Jubilee Party, but that's just a discussion for another day. For today, I want us to really 
pay close attention to this agenda of the hustler narrative. But just before then, I want to look at the inconsistency in the messaging of what is said by the DP. Number one, the DP says that his primary motivation is to help people, those whom he calls hustlers, whom in his imagination may be or may not be poor, but he thinks that he can help them to elevate their position from where they are to that other position which he doesn't quite say. And he says that his competitors have no agenda save for pursuit for power and positions. I find that one very interesting. The DP is running to become president. He's done that for the past, I don't know how many years, just since after the handshake, he's campaigned to be president. I want to imagine if he wanted to help, he could still help. He need not to be president to be able to help people. That's one. Number two, he can, if he really wants to help, then he can become a philanthropist. The people like Manu Chandaria have helped more people than government has in their philanthropy. So he need not to be president to be able to help Kenyans as he so alleges. So it is not true that for him is not in pursuit of power and position. Presidency embodies power and authority and position of leadership. He is not a headquarter of philanthropy where from where you then help people. He could still do the things he says he wants to do without being a president. That's number one. Number two on the point of BBI. I don't know why the DP bites his own tongue. Then he wants to drink omena soup. It is not, it is not possible, by the way. He says, and he's been saying, post the court's decision of the BBI, or on the BBI, that now BBI is something of the past, that BBI has died, and we therefore should not talk about it. To that extent, I agree with him. But then after saying that, he goes on to talk about BBI. In effect, the DP, since the court's decision on the BBI, has spoken about the BBI more than its proponents. Tell me since the decision of the Court of Appeal, how many times have you had, say, Raila Odinga speak about BBI? How many times have you had President Uhuru speak about BBI? Hasn't the DP spoken about it more than all these people? So really, he should be consistent in what he says, whether or not he's supportive of the BBI. That one is not the question, but the conversation about BBI exists today because he talks about it in his rallies. And number three, and the last thing I want to talk about today, is about now the messaging around the hustler narrative. Number one, 
they should make up their mind on one single thing they want us to know. Whether it is the hustler narrative, it is the bottom up, or it is the trickle down. If you ask them what is bottom up, they tell you that bottom up is trickle down. And what is trickle down? They will tell you that trickle down is bottom up. Let them have clarity also to help us know what exactly they are so that we make up our minds as to whether these people share our ideals. There is no doubt the hustler narrative has captured the imaginations of many Kenyans, many of whom are youths who got, got no jobs because as Robert Greene says in his 48 Laws of Powers, play to the people's fantasies. And he's done that so well. He's played to the fantasy of the people. It has captured the imagination of most people, not because it is the best thing, but it is different. People were in a space to want to hear something different. The other conversations from other people had since became monotonous. So anything that breaks the ice is a welcome. And that should not be misconstrued as to be popular. I told a friend that DP is a very famous politician, but extremely unpopular. He didn't quite agree, but I still maintain. DP and the hustling narrative is a very famous thing, but acutely unpopular. Mm, yes. So, let them first help us understand what is this bottom-up that they talk about every day. Explain to me like a one-year-old what is trickle-down. And it's not that they've not tried. At least Alice Wahome, the MP for Kandara, tried to explain to us what is bottom-up or trickle-down or whatever they call it. And this is her explanation. And what is bottom-up in simplified terms? Uh, by working from the bottom down. Top down? Yeah, from up to, to you know, from top to bottom. Don't be cheap. I need to say no more. So, this bottom up, this matrix they speak about, this model, what is the space in it of the owner of the factor of production? Because it does create a scenario where you like a pendulum those of us who know a pendulum it swings on both sides right right left right left but eventually sets somewhere at the center when the motion can, can no longer subsist you know so it's like uh, the wishes and the aspirations of the people as are, are swinging to the right but the Asla narrative and the bottom-up model is swinging to the left. So the directions are not the same. So it's highly very likely that the propositions that are made and contained within that narrative do not necessarily carry the dreams and aspirations of every other common Kenyan. But because there is no other counter-narrative which is more philosophical, and properly ideological, it then captures the imagination of that disparate grouping of people. And that's why I said it's famous but it's not popular. Wait until 
heaven's break and something more realistic something more ideological something which is strongly based on a philosophical framework comes up then you realize that then the support base begins to drift apart because they realize oh so this was just a small screen it doesn't quite hold water it cannot it's not an idea that you can further in a constructive argument for populist for populist politicking it's a convenient tool so i ask again what is the place of the honor of the fact of production in this narrative or in this scheme of the model look here the mamamboga and dikomba in whichever market name it is not the beginning of the production in any case he or she comes at the end of the value chain for this mboga to be available in the market it's got to be produced somewhere it means you've got a big chunk of land for the purposes of commercial production of kales or activities that you produce right that's one number two the farmer then depends on a company to produce seeds to produce fertilizer and the machines farming is mechanized so in this matrix what is the space of this manufacturer you know you want to support the mamamboga well and good but government does not have a reserve of money for such things or for anything for that matter it depends on some inflow cash flow for them to be able to then have an outflow and what does what is this number one source of government cash flow in into the coffers is taxes who pays the big chunk of the taxes are these blue chip companies are these manufacturers so first the primary thing is to want to empower these manufacturers so that they produce as much as it possible they sell more and pay more taxes is when you've got money to empower them mamboga so that chain must move like that that is the food chain or the food web for that matter so that you want to begin use mamboga as the beginning and the end point as an economic model I'm very sorry but it doesn't sound nice to me it doesn't sound like an idea which I would buy but of course I've always said I could be wrong that is me thinking you have your thinking as well let me know that's all from the pigeon hole today my name is Odor and may you all have a wonderful day